Hello, you are listening to TikTok on CITR 101.9 FM broadcasting from the unceded territories of the Hukamanum speaking Musqueam people at the University of British Columbia. It is November 19th, 2015, and if you are at all engaged in social justice politics, you're probably aware that tomorrow is Transgender Day of Remembrance, and it usually falls towards the end of November. Um, And so a little history on Transgender Day of Remembrance in case you are uninformed. Um, It was started in 1998 following the murder of Rita Hester, who was uh, a trans woman of color. She was living in Massachusetts and she was uh, brutally murdered in her apartment. It was never ruled a hate crime, but members of her community ruled it as such and started a, uh, a, a website called Remembering Our Dead, where they would track the people who were victims of hate crimes due to transphobia and uh, racism and other forces of oppression. And they would track the names of all the people they lost in any given year because often the deaths of transgender people are not ruled as hate crimes or they're not, or they go unsolved. So it was a way to draw attention to this issue and also mobilize people around the need to remember their dead. So Transgender Day of Remembrance now is a global, globally celebrated anniversary. There are events happening all over Vancouver um, and at the University of British Columbia. So uh, I'm going to start things off by playing a slightly lighthearted song, actually. It's um, a duet by Alicia Lim and Ray Spoon. Ray Spoon is a gender non-conforming performing artist in uh, Canada, from Canada, and uh, they do all kinds of awesome covers. You can look them up on YouTube. Um, The description of this little video says, in light of recent events in the Canadian LGBT press where trans folks have had their right to choose their name or pronoun taken away, we thought we would sing this lovely song for the community. And this was published on December 20th, 2011, so obviously this isn't current, but I thought it was kind of adorable and a little bit lighter-hearted way to start the show than something uh, <laughs> than something heavy. So this is, this is Stand By Your Trans, a duet by Alicia Lim and Ray Spoon. Concentrated on my dance. This is the last take. This is take 204. (laughs) We do this for the trans community. Sometimes it's hard to be cisgender. Giving all your love to the trans. They'll have bad times And you'll have good times Doing things you just don't understand But if you love them You'll include them Even though it's hard understand and if you love them oh be proud of them cause after all they're 
they're just trends. Stand by your trends. Give them two arms to cling to and something warm to come to. When nights are cold and lonely, stand by your trails and tell the world you love them. Keep giving all the love you can. Stand by your trails. So that was Stand By Your Trans, a very informal duet by Alicia Lim and Ray Spoon. So Ray Spoon is Canadian performing artist. They are gender non-conforming and recently published a book in collaboration with Ivan E. Coyote called Gender Failure that talks about their experiences of failing to fit into the gender binary and what that was like in all different aspects of their lives. It's, uh, I just picked up a copy myself. I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, yeah, uh, it, a lot of it has to do with performance and theater, so it, it should be a really interesting, interesting look through how gender is a performance, especially when you don't quite fit into what society deems as normal, so being a man or a woman when neither of those identities work for you what that transition is like, uh, what that life cycle is like. So I'm Madeline Taylor. Um, I am I am a bisexual, cisgendered woman. My background is in studying history and in doing some feminist radio. So I've done a little bit of coverage on Transgender Day of Remembrance last year. Did some coverage at CJSF. Um, there was a lot of, which is a CITR's sister station up on Burnaby Mountain. We did um, a lot of interviews with uh, out on campus because they were doing all kinds of activism around trans rights on campus, making sure that preferred pronouns and uh, preferred names were listed as full names for students so that they wouldn't have to go through the process of explaining to each new professor what their preferred name was. Um, or having it called out in a classroom setting where uh, they're trying to uh, be comfortable. So we talked with them a lot. And um, one activist named Nathan, who, uh, who I, I was in classes with and who I've become friends with, suggested Ray Spoon to me. So that's where I found out about Ray Spoon. This is the first Ray Spoon song that I heard. It's called Ocean Blue. Uh, I think it's a brilliant, beautiful pop song. So enjoy, and we'll be back in a couple more minutes.
All right. So that was Ray Spoon with Ocean Blue. And that is a song that came out in 2012. The video is very, very cool. Ray is in a gondola in Italy wearing um, a little sailor outfit that like little boys would wear back in what I would imagine are the early 1900s. And, uh, and they have a white face with bright pink cheeks, almost like clown makeup. It's a cool visual. There's a lot, there's a lot you could infer from looking at that. Okay, so for the bulk of the show today, I have um, something from our archives, actually. This is, um, this is a piece that was produced by Heather Kitching, who is uh, one of the most active and long-running hosts of Queer FM, which is CITR's long-running, um, well, queer news, arts, and culture show. It airs on Tuesday mornings from 8 to 10.30 every week. They're fantastic. They've had lots of different hosts Right now it's DJ Denise. Uh, shout out to D- Denise. We love you. Two and a half hours of live radio every week is an undertaking. Um, so this piece is really cool. It's um, it's an interview between two transgender women who are talking about their experiences of prostitution, um, of getting involved in politics, of being um, marginalized and oppressed and uh and losing jobs and losing opportunities for education, all kinds of things. So it's in 1996. One of the people talking is Marty. Um, pardon me, I'm probably going to butcher this last name, but Marty Pironik, who was an activist or is an activist from PACE, which is the Prostitution's Alternatives Counseling Education uh, Group. So this is recorded at Harry's Bar on Commercial Drive in 1996. And uh, just a warning, there is some coarse language and some coarse subject matter, so I'm just going to play a little warning before the tape, and then we'll launch into that, and I'll come back and check back in before we sign out for the evening. So this is an interview with two trans activists in 1996 from CITR's archives. Enjoy. As a station, we believe in playing content with artistic and cultural merit, and sometimes that category includes material which can be construed as offensive. For those who have children nearby or are sensitive to provocative material, the following broadcast may have strong language, themes, or be otherwise objectionable. Please consider tuning out and revisiting CITR after this program. Recorded or? Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, well, you introduce us on here because then you can say we're sitting outside. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. 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 Oh, What's your last name? Veronica. Sorry? Veronica. Veronica. Okay. Okay. Okay, thanks, Heather, and uh, yes, we are sitting outside of Harry's Bar, just off Commercial Drive. It's a cafe, not a bar. See, this is what happens with transsexuals. We just sit around and argue all the time about which way is up. 
<laughs> anyway, um, you'll probably be hearing more of both of us, uh, hopefully in the next little while, because we're hoping to give some input on a regular basis to the show. Um, Marty is a founding member of PACE. She has been out for approximately 20 years. She's post-surgical, as am I. Ask what PACE is. PACE. What's PACE, Marty? PACE stands for Prostitutions, Alternatives in Counseling and Education. And we have um, two outreach workers, an advocacy worker, um, a fundraiser, housing development worker, and this has all happened in the last five years because six years ago, um, uh, I was in Prostitutes Anonymous, started Prostitutes Anonymous here, and we found that there was no places for women or men to go to to get help, and so that was started about six years ago. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we've both been in recovery programs. Uh, as, Mar as you might gather from Marty, she has been a street worker. I myself was uh, doing exactly what I'm doing right now, which is talking into a microphone for about 25 years on Vancouver and other place radio stations and, and to some degree television. The most recent radio I did was with one of uh, Vancouver's most well-known AM radio stations, in which I produced a talk show. We've never quite figured it out whether it was the talk show host that couldn't handle me being in the radio station or the radio station itself that couldn't handle me being there. But at any rate, as a transgendered woman, um, I had to do most of my work at home, and it's been extremely difficult in the uh, radio and television industry in Vancouver to be able to get back and work again because it is a very homophobic, transphobic, and very much a male-dominated industry. Which is what we're talking about here, not just uh, radio, but all industries, jobs, and in all the other ways in which transgendered women and transgendered men face discrimination. And as many of you probably know, the Human Rights, uh, I said the Human Rights Commission of British Columbia are meeting in Vancouver in the next week to discuss human rights for, whoa, after all these years transgendered, transsexual people are actually going to be recognized as fellow human beings, and we might have some of the protection that communities like Seattle, San Francisco, and even Cleveland, Ohio have in terms of uh, rights for the transgendered. Now, Marty here is going to be one of the people who's deposing, who is going to be uh, speaking at the event that's coming up on, I believe it's September 28th at the Vancouver Public Library? Yes, that's right. I am so happy that it's coming to town and we can uh, um, say our little say that we wanted to be talking about for so long. I, s I was starting to think that I was uh, some beautiful sex goddess from a Star Trek episode <laughs> or something like that, or that's the way people um, treat us. I, I believe that, um, like for me, living transgendered for the last 20 years, uh, when 20 years ago there was no there was no advocacy out there there was no help out there and uh, basically it was a, a do-it-yourself thing you're I was the 16 and the only other tra trannies that I knew were working the street on Davies Street and um, so that's where I went and I really believe that if the if the um, services were out there at that time I wouldn't have had a career in prostitution that I would have just you know, went to college and did my thing, but there was so much shame about being a transsexual back then that you just kind of blended, try to blend in as much as you can, and and uh, 
you know, make as much money as you can and do it any way you can. But anyways, um, yeah, on Monday, October 1st, at the Public Library, there's going to be um, a, a soapbox session for anybody to get up and, um, you know, talk. So it, it, it would be great for people to come down and support it. Right. Okay, we're going to talk on the show, I'm hoping, uh, you know, when we start our regular thing with Heather, about what transsexuality is, because I think one of the reasons that we've had so much difficulty in terms of being employed and in terms of just getting through life has been the social aspects of being transgendered. Um, as a, a male, as what people perceive me to be, um, I had a 20-year roller coaster ride myself with, with, with drugs. Of course, unlike Marty, I also uh, worked in the straight world. And when I came out, of course, it, there was quite a bit of publicity because of what I'd done before, which was being a radio personality. But what, I, what I'm finding with, for example, the conference that just occurred, the Harry Benjamin Foundation conference that occurred a couple of weeks ago, is that, um, you know, of course, there were, there were trannies that uh, sort of charged the gates and tried to get in, in fact, succeeded in getting in. And I think all of us that went into that conference uh, realized that really what that conference about was about surgical procedures, about hormones, about operations, and about pretty arcane stuff that the average person, whether transgender or not, wouldn't understand. The part that could have been opened up more, which it, it seems to me is something that should be discussed a lot more openly via the media, whatever, is the social aspects of who transgender people are. What are we? Are we Are we some kind of an offshoot of gay, lesbian, bisexual? Of course, transsexual is a misnomer in itself because uh, really uh, there is no sexual in transsexual. There are transgendered people, there are transsexual people to be specific, but what we're really talking about here is gender and not sex. And I know gay transsexuals, straight transsexuals, bisexual transsexuals, and it gets very confusing. And I think that's where a lot of the people in the general public have a problem, is that they, they're confused by it. And what we would hope to do, what we'd hope to be able to succeed in doing, uh, maybe on this show, is to show people that, uh, hey, you know, we don't bite. It's not contagious, you know. <laughs> we are, are not uh, crazy men in dresses who at some point in our, si in our lives decided we would be women. This is a birth disorder, much the same as, as there are other birth disorders. It is a disorder for which there is a, a, a cause, for which there is a treatment. And if you want to use the word cure, there is a cure for it. Both Marty and I have undertaken that cure, and that is to have gender reassignment. We relate to the world as women. And it's as simple as that. And just like other women or other men in the community, you know, we want the same rights. We want the same ability to go into a job. We would like to see Vancouver uh, be as it is, say, in a place like the Netherlands, where it's quite common to see transgendered, you know, policemen, policewomen, firemen. And uh, I believe that Vancouver, of all the places in Canada, might be the the place where that, that could happen. There's a lot of transgendered women here and transgendered men. And uh, let's hope we can open the floodgates and, and let people understand. So with that, I'm going to pass things over to my cohort, Marty, and uh, she would like to have a few words on transgender too. <laughs> this is so weird. I spent so many years of my life not wanting to talk about this. 
totally just wanting to blend in, like to be the true transsexual back in this late 70s, it's like you just get the rubber stamp of approval from your psychiatrist or psychologist and you just go your merry way to the surgeons and blend in, type, blend into society and, you know, and I was, uh, we're all struggling to be like, uh, wasn't good enough just to be women, we had to be 150% women type of thing and I don't think I even owned a pair of flat shoes, I went through, <laughs> when I was 16, no, when I was 16, I, it was like, it was like ultra, like, it was just so obsessive, like the whole thing was so obsessive to the point that I, I started questioning, what, what am I doing? Like, um, you know, what about being a person? Like, you know, it's, this is just part of who I am. And luckily, luckily I was uh, kidnapped by a, um, a, a gang of uh, uh, lesbians in Victoria <laughs> called the Speed Queens. We used to hang out at the uh, James Bay laundromat, so they named themselves uh, after the washing machines, the Speed Queens, and uh, they were omnisexual, bisexual, whatever, and they just kind of took me under the wing. They didn't even give a shit. They never questioned what I was, who I was, or, or anything. It was just so neat, and I, and then I realized, you know, being a woman has nothing to do with like fucking, you know, what the media and everything. Like I was just suckered in by what, you know just like any any girl does you know when they're growing up and you know you get the big boobs and get the car and get the guy and you know and take him for all the money and all that stuff and that's what I did you know by the time I was 21 I had a sugar daddy and I had everything and I had all the high heel shoes I needed and right. and I thought it was over I thought I thought it was really over so anyways I just kind of um, did that life uh, to the point by the time I was 21, I thought, what the hell is it all about? And, and I really didn't like my life anymore. And thus started the drugs, you know? When you don't like yourself, it's really great to tune yourself out with drugs. And so you don't have to think about what's going on. You don't have to do any spiritual growth or anything. And I tell you, I did, I did that. I was a really good drug addict. And I was, um, for the next, like, seven years, that's all I did was I just wanted to obliterate my consciousness because I didn't want to answer all those questions and and uh, finally finally that um, um, thank God it ended me up in detox and I and I realized that uh, I got the help that I needed finally it was so great like I was I could open up with my uh, who I was and I could only do that gradually I remember telling everybody I was a hermaphrodite at first just so that they would at least that's like acceptable it's a natural <laughs> like sort of uh, phenomenon <laughs> and then and then it was and then I would like say oh I'm sorry you know I'd be I'd be working the program and I'd get to amends and I'd have to you know, say okay that was a lie I'm, I'm a transsexual and they say oh great when did you have the surgery I, oh years and years ago type of thing and then that was a lie because I hadn't even had the surgery yet and then like six months later after that after I kept trusting all these new friends and I was crying I was going no no it's like I'm a transsexual but I still have it and they're like oh shit we don't care if you're an alien with eight assholes you know like <laughs> it was just great and I like you know and I started crying and loving and hugging for the first time like because I just you know had that armor on since I was 16 but anyways I think what I'm trying to say is that um, even in, even in that sense when I was in recovery and stuff you know I got my little jobs and I went to school and I just like just did the little straight AA thing type of thing, and I didn't want to be around any transsexuals because 
all transsexuals know if you're with another one, it's like you can be outed even more easily. It's like being, it's like being in an Anne Rice novel with Lestat or something. It's so the weird. Vampire the vampire and all of us, yeah. And um, but I remember it was about two and a half years ago. I was on the bus and there was this, there was this uh, obvious tra transsexual woman be, uh, that was that was a guy being harassed by these guys calling it that's not a guy that's not a girl and screaming at him and I and they, I just got on the bus and they were like oh hoochie mama to me type of right. thing and uh, it got me really scared and I thought I have as much rights as that person does like it's like that's yeah. it and you know that God got inside me you know just you know took me by the ear and made me go and find transsexuals that uh, you know and uh, to hang out with and and I um, and I'm I went to a, what was it? It was a, oh, it was Stonewall, and I went to a, a booth there and uh, connected with a couple trannies there and uh, and started meeting the community. And then to my chagrin, I realized that um, uh, with all that, hearing all this uh, really positive uh, statements from transgender women that have had the surgery made me realize that that um, it was time for me to do that as well as well as like really really out myself too like in the sense that you know be proud of who I am and stuff I don't have to wear it on my sleeve but it's like I'm definitely you know uh, I definitely want to be part of the process to, to make us a a minority not to be fucked with so that's my little rant right now so marty you know is uh is probably one of the most passable let's say transsexuals you would ever meet most people would never know and to marty it wouldn't matter anyway and i think that's where we have to go with this we don't believe for example that passability you know someone said once passability is just all right so those were the voices of two trans activists captured on tape by heather kitching uh who is who was the person who hosted queer fm on citr for many many years one of the people you heard was marty pironic and i'm sorry i'm butchering that name again the other one is unnamed you can find the rest of that audio in the citr archives in the audio tapes section. So I'm Madeline Taylor, um, and you can tune in to TikTok again next week at uh, 7.30 p.m. Coming up next on CITR is The Spice of Life. Um, yeah, that's coming up real quick. If you're on campus tomorrow and you want to participate in any Transgender Day of Remembrance uh, activities, vigils, whatever, there is um, an allyship discussion from 1.30 to 2.00 in the nest. Um, there will be signs and there's also a vigil and an open mic at 3.00 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. in the Hatch Art Gallery. All right, thanks so much and we'll talk to you next week. Mark your calendars. The Dead Ghosts LP release show is coming soon. Join us November 28th at 8 o'clock at the Cobalt to celebrate with these Vancouver psych rockers, plus guests the She 